You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. The podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. My boys fight constantly. Battles are part of our daily existence. Some are imaginative recreations of lightsaber battles or elaborate pirate sword fights. Others seem like they're purely physical explosions of energy. Think of uh, wrestling on the living room floor. Still others are verbal, the natural tendency of boys to one-up each other. Whether it's handstands or fishing, counting or singing, whatever one of our boys can do, another claims he can do it better. (laughs) Then there are the disagreements. Who gets to use the computer first? What channel to watch on TV? Who gets to play the game? Whose turn it is to feed the pets? Their dad reassures me that fighting is a perfectly normal part of being a boy, but Janet, I just don't get it. It is crazy making for all of our mom listeners because we're hearing from them right and left. The bickering, the arguing, and like you said, you know, the fighting over, he breathed on me. He looked at me. He he touched me. I wanted to play with that, even though it was the furthest thing from child one's mind until child two decided he wanted to play with it. Lots and lots of fighting and lots of confusion on parents' part about how much is normal, what should I worry about, when do I need to act, when can I ignore this, and please, dear Lord, tell me there's going to be an end. Is there going to be an end? Will there ever be an end? I'm here to tell you that I think there is an end, and here's why I say that. That uh, little bit that I shared with you at the beginning about the battles and the lightsaber, I actually wrote that seven years ago. At that point in time, my boys were three, five, eight, and 11. And I have to tell you, them are prime fighting years for boys growing up in a house together. Prime fighting years. Uh, for one, they, they're all in the house. They're all competing for attention and time and resources, and none of them are old enough to really do anything on their own yet. As my guys has, have gotten older, it's gotten better. Now, part of it is my oldest is now 20 and lives in another state, so there's not a lot of fighting with him anymore. But as they develop their own lives and their own interests, there's, there's less time to interact and to fight. 
they still the bickering sometimes we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get back around to the bickering and how much that drives me crazy, but it's not what it once was. And so I think I see some hope and I really see some hope when I look at myself and my siblings. Mm-hmm. I'm one of six, four of the six are boys and they're each other's among their best friends now. Yeah. So there's hope. If we can just change our mindset a little bit around all of that physical interaction, mm-hmm. verbal interaction. This is the way boys bond. And yep, it's messy and it hurts and it's not very artful. But as you pointed out, your brothers are best friends now. Mm-hmm. I do have to say that I grew up with a brother and a sister and my sister was two years is two years older than I am and it was not a pretty sibling relationship at all. We fought pretty much constantly. I was mean, I'll admit it, true confessions after 50 years, but we did not ever get along. I don't remember that my parents ever sat us down and said, let's figure this out what's going on? This is your only sister. Get it together. She's going to be with you your entire life. And, and I, I look back now and I think I didn't have the skills set to negotiate and navigate my way through this rocky relationship for whatever reason that I had with my sister and she had with me. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any parental help to do that. And so the question often comes up with parents, you know, when should I intervene? And there is a place to look at, okay, is this just the bickering and the back and forth? And is there time when they're enjoying each other and they Mm -hmm. are together and they are doing things together and they're happy? Or is it more constant than that? And I would say always our kids need their skills developed in navigating and negotiating through some of the conflicts that come up between siblings. So it is a fine line and you do have to watch it. And of course, we'll talk also about bullying because I know that comes up for parents also of when is a little okay and Mm -hmm. too much is too much. So let's let's dive into that. Let's talk about what's normal or kind of typical, let's say typical of the developmental process. Um, You know, yes, you may have to deal with it. Some of it you can ignore. And what crosses the line over into, you know, requires parental intervention? What are some of the things you would say is normal, uh, typical in terms of sibling interactions? Well, you really want to watch the power imbalance. Of course, there's big brother and little brother, but you want to watch how much that's being uh, overutilized. And so, of course, you're going to talk to the older one about the younger one, can't do that. But but watch the power imbalance. And if that's really being manipulated and used, then that's trouble. And you need to look at that. That manipulated word, I think, is so key. Because if you as a parent or educator, um, responsible adult, get the sense that one kid is using whatever power they have, whether it's age or strength, or even a little one playing the, I'm so cute and I never get in trouble, 
trying to manipulate the older one. For me, that manipulation part is a, is a red flag of needing to act. Definitely. And the constancy of it. Is it, you know, because it's summer and it's hot outside and everybody's cranky? Or is it constant through over months and months of time? That's another place to recognize there's something going on here that is akin to bullying and we need to change the dynamic, reach out, call a family coach, get help to intervene and get some new strategies around how to do that. I know that as my kids were growing, one of the first things that I needed to learn as a mom of boys is that they do interact and relate very differently than what I learned growing up. What looked at first to like trouble to me, I mean, these guys are wrestling each other, tackling each other down to the floor, being physical with each other. To me, that looked extremely alarming. But to them, that was very normal and natural. And thankfully, their dad helped me understand that. Because if I looked beyond the pure physical, somebody's tackling somebody, I could see that there was, sometimes there were smiles and laughing. And even when there wasn't, it wasn't like a look of distress. It was more like a look of determination. It took talking to adult men to help me realize that so often with boys, they figure out where the line is by crossing it. Absolutely. And that's where boys learn empathy. Mm -hmm. So they learn when they've crossed the line and they learn how it feels to them when their brother is crying or when they've hurt their friend. It's really hard as women, we can just well, can't you understand? Like you should know. And it's easy for us to step into the other person's shoes. But often for boys, they have to actually experience that event to understand, oh yeah, I went too far. I don't like, I don't want to hurt my friend. That doesn't feel good. And empathy is developed in that way. Compassion is developed in that way. I just want to emphasize so much that bonding takes place physically for boys. You know, I always have studies, right, Janet? Always have studies. So I found a study that says these researchers were observing boys and girls on a playground. What they observed was that the boys were in fights 20 times more often than the girls were. Now, as girls, you and I know that that may well be because the way girls fight is different than the way boys fight, but boys are fighting likely physically 20 times more often. But after watching, the the researcher concluded these fights didn't seem to be destructive. Actually, the boys who fought each other ended up being better friends afterwards. And as parents, as educators, that's such an important point to remember because just because two boys are fighting whether they're siblings or not, doesn't mean they're enemies. That, that's just such a, a mind bender for me. That doesn't go with how I learned about the world, mm-hmm. but it is true. Well, and what happens here is that they, it, it's like shifting alliances. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be out, you know, wrestling with my friend about the rules over this certain game. And, you know, we may be going toe to toe today, but tomorrow... 
I know, and he may be on the opposite team, but tomorrow I know he's going to be on my team. And so this is the place where we, it's pretty commonly thought that boys do not hold grudges. And that's part of sportsmanship, just knowing that the alliances will shift and it's malleable and it's movable and it's all okay. And when educators and parents intervene too quickly, Mm -hmm. the kids don't have an opportunity to work things out themselves. And it may look loud and ugly and brash and all those things, but it is so important that they are allowed to move through the steps of, I'm so mad at you. Oh, okay. Let's find a compromise. Oh, we're best friends by the end of the day. I wrote a post earlier this year called why you need to stop focusing on your boys bickering. And that post was directly inspired by messages that I was getting from other mothers who were as uh, driven crazy by their boys' constant bickering as I am. Whether we're talking about bickering or physical fighting, I I think this kind of holds true and relates to what you said. And I've learned in my own parenting to try and ignore a lot of this stuff as much as possible. We had those caveats before, you know, if something is causing real harm or if it's extensive, then you may need to act. But a lot of this stuff, I learned that as soon as I step in, it escalates. Yes. Because now whoever was involved in the conflict, let's say there were two boys involved. If I get involved now, they're both trying to get me on their side. Way more productive for me to step back. I wrote in that piece, I said that the bickering often stops within minutes when I ignore it. Sometimes within seconds. Doesn't necessarily mean ends without anyone's feelings getting hurt or ends without incidents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the case, but sometimes it explodes into screaming. Sometimes somebody does hit their head or get hurt. Sometimes it does go that little bit too far, but then it's over. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's almost like they found that line and then that empathy can happen or they realize, oh, oh, okay, they have to find that and discover it for themselves. Right. And one of the moms that I coach with, she's a client and, uh, She was telling me actually just this morning that uh, one of the things that we've been working with is her stepping away from the bickering, from the constant push and pull of her boys. And uh, she actually had the conversation with them of, I'm stepping away and not going to get involved. And they said, well, mom, it's actually worse when you get involved. Interesting. You don't need to step in. How old are her kids? Her kids are 11 and 9-ish. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, the kids have the awareness that they were able to say, mom, that's actually not helping. Right. It makes it worse. Yeah. So take that to heart, moms. Wow. Step away. Just step away. And of course, again, it's the power imbalance and it's the ability. We do need to teach them the ability to negotiate. Mm -hmm. and compromise and Mm -hmm. give boys languaging around that. But you can't do that every single time they bicker and every single time they fight. Pick your time. You know what I also wrote in that post? The time to talk about respect and love is not in the midst of a bickering episode, but before and after. I mean, 
it's the same with us adults, right? When emotions are running high, you're just not going to get anywhere. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And By Heart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at Byheart.com. That's B-Y- H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no, and they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash onboys. So at that point, I am far better off ignoring it, letting it all happen, unravel, and coming coming back to it later if necessary. Yes. And part of that too is, of course, it's a continuum of always talking about respect and getting along and all of that. But part of it too, then if it does feel like it's becoming too constant, like I'm seeing that you're arguing over the Xbox how can we solve this problem? Mm -hmm. And you begin to turn over the responsibility to them to figure it out. And it's like, you're just facilitating this conversation around, okay, how can we solve this problem? So you're observing when the conflicts take place Mm -hmm. and then you're turning it over to them. What do you think? How are we going to resolve this? And you let them talk it through with your help 
And then you can insert your adult concern, like I need for there to be peace and harmony in the home. And But listen to their ideas. They will come up with a probably more stringent solutions than you will. And then you can kind of reel them back and then you look like the nice guy. Even more creative. I've been surprised sometimes by the creative solutions they managed to come up with. I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah, I, I guess we could try that. Yes. And you have nothing to lose by trying it and a lot to gain by giving them that voice and that mm-hmm. chance to problem solve. Yeah. And those are skills that we really want to build in our children. And the other piece here is that studies have shown uh-huh. that children who have more things fight more often. So many of the arguments, and you can make this observation amongst your own children, many of the arguments are over stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, one way to take care of that is to get rid of the excess amount of stuff that you have. And, you know, we had the blog or the podcast earlier about summer jobs. Well, you know, they could have a garage sale as Mm -hmm. their summer job, get some of that extra stuff out the door because that is the cause of a lot of disagreement. And that kind of goes opposite what some parents think, right? Some parents think, okay, I don't want them to fight, so I will make sure they each have one of the same thing. And then this, that whole, well, God forbid if one is bigger or shinier or whatever, right? There's all that fighting. Sometimes often less is more. In fact, the number is 80%. 80% of sibling fights are over material possessions. So just notice, listeners, notice this week what your kids are actually fighting about. And that might go a long way towards helping you resolve them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with their help, of course. What about the name calling? That is something that as my boys have become tweens and teens, there is a lot of, there is, this is what I deal with more today than the fighting and stuff. There's constant name calling and digs at each other. And on the one hand, I I know this is common. Like this is kind of how teen boys relate with each other and they're feeling it out and they're finding their hierarchy. And I could look at this and sometimes I do to keep myself sane as you know what? These older brothers, they're helping prepare the younger ones for the world of boys that they will face in middle school and high school. But Janet, it does drive me crazy sometimes. I have a a colleague who works with parents and wherever she goes on her speaking, she carries along a big bowl of earplugs (laughs) and she gives them out liberally. I love that. You know what I've noticed? For me, it is worst at dinner time when it is just me and the three boys that live here. Because I am outnumbered and there are no other adult voices. And so it very quickly devolves into just teen, teen boy relationships, which is great if you're a teen boy and not so great if you're a middle-aged woman who likes having intellectual conversation with her meal, for instance. I've learned a couple of, of things. Number one is sometimes I just go along with it and I play along. I've learned how to speak sarcasm extremely well. Number two, have an adult friend over for dinner. (laughs) I need an ally sometimes. So yeah, they're going to grow out of this. I think also humor. Just remember, like you're, you know, if you can't beat them, join them every now and then with the humor and sarcasm. Sarcasm for older kids, but just 
have some fun. Listen, I have to tell you, yesterday, my husband got together with a bunch of guys. They went and did a, a shooting event at the gun club near here. It's a fundraiser for something, right? Had them all over for breakfast first. Then they went and shot. I did something. And when I came home, they were all at the house, you know, drinking beers, hanging out, talking as guys tend to do. And these guys who range in age from like 55 is the youngest up to 70 said, oh, you good thing you got here now. And they had just finished the poop and fart conversation. So <laughs> some things never change. It evolved a little bit because these guys are older now. So there were colonoscopies discussed as part of this. And that doesn't happen when your guys are 13. But these things that we women sometimes freak out about just aren't a big deal. Like you said, humor, laugh at it, go along with it. It doesn't hurt anything. Right. And again, time and place, you know, I guess that's the maturity piece, the time and place they know, okay, Jen's out of the house. We're going to talk about this now. You know, that's a little, the the tween and teens aren't quite that discerning, but recognizing this is who they are and be okay with it and not sweat the small stuff. So how can we as parents work to encourage healthy sibling relationships. I know we've touched on that, but let's be really deliberate. Let's talk about some things that parents can do to encourage healthy sibling relationships. For me, in my family of origin experience, it is the speaking to the fact that these are the people who will know you better than anyone in your life. And that is a unique and precious relationship. And of course, age appropriately, but, but holding this piece for your kids, uh, there is no one else like your sibling. You know, I hadn't thought about this until I saw an article recently, but it pointed out that our siblings, those relationships are the longest relationships in our entire lives. These are the people that in your childhood, by default, you spend the most time with. These are the people that are there that as you're an adult, they're the ones you can talk to about the craziness that you experienced in your childhood. And when you're dealing with parents whose health is failing, these are the people that are there through all of those stages in your life. And it can be hard to get that fact across to a nine-year-old boy, but it's hard to get anything across to a nine-year-old boy. So you might as well try. But I think as parents, do we really think about that for our kids? And like, and I'm saying, just hold that piece Mm -hmm. for your children. And I was very fortunate to have my two girls are best of friends. Their goal through their childhood was to live together when they left home and they actually have lived together for two years. Wow. Very strategically decisions were made about where to apply for school so that the younger one would be in the same town as the older one. And I look at their relationship with awe because I didn't have that with my sister. And I wish I could give you the magic potion of how I fostered that if I did, or if they just had that naturally, I don't know. But um, to see their relationship and to see them as they were living together, so unconditionally loving each other, but it's that piece of knowing each other so Mm. well. 
all the quirks, all the, you know, likes and dislikes and ins and outs. I just like brothers especially, though, tend to, at least as children and tweens and teens, they tend to use that knowledge for evil more often than for good. Yes, but I we mean, hope that switches, right? Yes, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, it, so it can be really hard to see in the time because one of the reasons why sibling relationships are so especially challenging is because a brother is going to know, like he just knows that point to weasel in because he knows what you really think and where you're really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see that happen. And so sometimes in terms of fostering healthy relationships, I do think there's a role for the parent to say to the one who crossed the line, hey, yeah, that was too far. Right. And here's why. Yeah. And so I want to tell you about a micro course that I've designed called Help My Son Hates His Siblings. (laughs) Does that resonate with anybody? Hmm, Absolutely. So the idea behind these micro courses is that they're short to the point. They give you some strategic action strategies. They give you some resources. They give you tips and lists of Things that can help you, such as fostering the sibling relationship. They are available at boysalive.com forward slash siblings, $29 for this micro course. And you will have some action strategies, some ways, some homework to discover for instance, when are your kids fighting the most? And mm. is there a certain topic? So you become the, the observer and the scientist and you chart this and I guide you through all of it in this micro course. It takes probably an hour to go through completely, but you will have some new ideas and some new approaches. Part of what I talk about in this micro course is Uh, some rules around siblings and kind of the house rules around Mm -hmm. siblings. And there are things like don't destroy anything that your sibling makes or builds. Don't let your sibling take the fall for something that you did. I mean, these are things that we're teaching over time, but unless we see this on paper and go, oh yes, oh yeah, I need to be focusing on that. Well, Um, it's helpful, you know, it makes such perfect sense to say, but you don't always think of it in the time to say, hey, you can't wreck whatever your brother has worked hard to make. mm -hmm. No, I don't care if you think it's funny. And realistically, you and I both know that is a rule you are going to have to repeat over and over and over and over again, because he's going to wreck the sandcastle or the block tower that his brother Mm -hmm. built. But if you, as the parent, know this is a ground rule and you consistently enforce that, it's going to resonate in your guy's head. It will. absolutely. And things like, you know, you can tease your sibling, but you can't humiliate him. Mm. And when you cross the line, you admit that you've crossed the line. Mm -hmm. If your sibling does well at something, you don't minimize what he did well with, you know, we are all holding each other up here and, um, going to each other's games or performances as a given in a family, not every single one, but you go and you support the other siblings in whatever their endeavors are. 
that's one thing that I wish I had worked on more. I didn't because for one, I just overwhelmed parent trying to make it through the day. Sure. But the other part of it is because I have four children, I have a larger than normal size. And because I came from a larger family, right? I didn't want my children to feel that they couldn't do something because their brother was doing something. And so I really, really made an effort to support their individuality and their individual things, which is good, but I wish I had balanced that with a little more, hey, as a family, let's celebrate what your brother has accomplished here. Mm -hmm. I wish I had Mm -hmm. done more of that. Well, others can learn. Absolutely. You know, I have to tell you, when you said um, can tease but not humiliate, my Sam, you guys have heard about my Sam, he coined a term a few years ago that I think is so relevant to this sibling conversation, and he calls it family hate. And that's how he describes a lot of this animosity that goes on between brothers, because he knows all of my guys know that deep down there is this underlying, we love each other and we care for each other. And so I forget, you know, it was bickering and it was likely going on at the kitchen table during dinner. And I said something and he said, oh mom, that's just family hate. For him, that's how he conceptualizes the difference. And that's the dynamic you see where brothers will go after each other with an intensity that you can't believe until you see it happen. But then when they're somewhere else and somebody else is going after that brother, suddenly they're on the same side. Watch out. And another quote that I heard along the same line is that siblings are the only enemy you can't live without. I'm going to be pondering that one today, Janet. I would love if we could do an episode in the future, do one of somebody that has gone through your micro course and share the experience of this is what it was. These are the strategies I've tried, and here's where we're at now. I would love to hear from somebody who goes through that. Yeah. So check out the micro course, boysalive.com forward slash siblings, and then get in touch with Jen or I. We would love to have you on the podcast and hear about your experience with your children and their sibling family hate relationship. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.